You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 45 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, I'll discuss the dark night of the soul and existential depression and how to navigate those difficult periods of life. I'll also review the deep, dark, and dangerous oracle by Stacey DeMarco. At the end of the episode, I'll share with you a nine-card spread that I created to help us navigate the dark night of the soul. Before we dive into this discussion of this very heavy topic, let's define the phrase dark night of the soul. Different people from different fields may have varying definitions, but it usually refers to a period of time when a person experiences a difficult, painful, and transformative phase of life that can often lead to a rebirth. It can be a time of great despair or a feeling of being lost, untethered, or directionless. This often happens during a spiritual awakening. So although the person may feel unmoored and disconnected from their purpose, this is one stage in a much larger process where significant growth and transition occurs. This experience can be triggered by the loss of a loved one, a devastating event that makes one question their faith, an illness or health scare, or another significant type of wake-up call that can throw a person into a major crisis point. During this agonizing phase of life, the person may start to question things around them. They may search for meaning in their life, or they may even wonder what their purpose is. They may even start to question their identity and what they thought they stood for and lived for. Often, a person will struggle when their perception of their reality shifts drastically in a short period of time. In psychology, we call this an existential crisis, and it can often lead to severe depression, feelings of disassociation, anxiety, and intense grief. It's often called a dark night of the soul because it's a very distressing experience where the person often feels alone in the world and helpless as all of this significant change unfolds. It can feel like quite an uncertain time and leaves people on very shaky ground. This process can take weeks, months, or years as the individual works out their place in the world and their purpose in this life. It can be prolonged if you resist it, fight against it, or even try to quicken the pace. The key is to observe and surrender. Answers will eventually come. The more we quiet the world around us, the more we can hear the whispers of our soul. Our higher selves will guide us through this process. Trust in that guidance is vital. During an existential crisis, a person becomes more aware of their self and the world around them which often leads to depression and anxiety when they come to terms with how the world is 
versus how the world should be. This can shake people to their core and cause their constructs of the world to shift in distressing ways for them. The world as they have known it for their entire lives crumbles at their feet, and they are left with no structure or foundation to provide them with any security or stability until they rebuild the foundation themselves. Think of the tower card in the tarot. Once the tower has fallen, the decks have been cleared, and there's a blank slate upon which you can rebuild a more solid structure. But it's no less devastating or traumatic, though, to experience this tower moment. Most people will instinctively start to rebuild shortly after the devastation in an attempt to lower their distress level. After an existential crisis, the rebuilding occurs internally when we reconstruct our views of self, world, and our place in it. If any of this sounds familiar, then you've likely experienced a dark night of the soul for yourself. If that's the case, know that you are not alone and you are not going crazy. I know that's a concern that many people have when they experience this type of shift, because sometimes it can feel like it's a break from reality. But it's perfectly normal. It's a shame that up until this point, many people have suffered in silence when experiencing this kind of perspective shift. Luckily, in this particular time in history, more people are coming forward to share their experiences. Having experienced this for myself, my advice is to lean into this massive shift in perspective, much like the hangman in the terror teaches us. I see the dark night of the soul as the hangman in combination with the tower and the judgment card. These three cards represent a wake-up call that our soul has triggered to get our attention so that we have a shift in perspective to see this new calling in our life, and then we are called to align our life around that purpose. I experienced a dark night of the soul during my spiritual awakening between 2016 and 2020. I'd say I started coming out of it in 2020, and the past few years have been much more pleasant as I aligned with my new purpose, which is writing and podcasting about topics such as these to help guide people through these challenging life experiences. One reason that I think the term dark night of the soul resonates with so many people is that often during this experience, we're left alone with our pain and agony in the darkest hours of the night, praying for a way to hold on till morning. I always think of the nine of swords from the tarot when I tap into how agonizing these long, torturous nights can be in the throes of this awakening process. It's that deep sense of isolation and aloneness that makes this type of pain harder to bear. Luckily, many have lived to tell the tale of coming out on the other side of this type of experience to find a more purposeful, meaningful life. And many talk about even being grateful for the experience because it gave them a whole new perspective on life and on their purpose on this planet. I'm grateful for all my experiences during my awakening period, including my dark night of the soul. It allowed me to shift priorities in life and change paths as far as my career goes. I don't see how that would have happened without this experience to wake me up to a new calling in life. My dark night of the soul led to a massive rebirth where I shifted from counselor to podcaster, author, and teacher 
using tarot as my main tool to teach and inspire all types of healing. And I feel much more aligned to this path. I'm able to reach a much larger audience this way. And it feels like more important work to me. I want to create more of a ripple in the pool, basically. And through this process, I've shed a lot of old beliefs, habits, and characteristics that weren't compatible with my new calling. When you Google Dark Night of the Soul, you'll find that it's in reference to the name retroactively given to an untitled poem by the 16th century priest and mystic St. John of the Cross. He wrote the poem while imprisoned for his unconventional religious beliefs. In that poem, he describes the anguish of the separation of an individual soul from God. And that can be what it feels like, like a heavy, inconsolable grief. I can see it now as a wake-up call to realign with the soul because we've gotten off path. It can feel soul-shattering. And you'll hear people say the experience has shaken them to their core. It's a very dramatic and visceral experience. And it leaves a lasting impact on those who have lived through it. The good news is that with time, things will ease up. You'll start to find meaning in your life again, and hope will return. Just remember that it's always darkest before the dawn. But this is a process that you can't skip steps with, so it requires patience and a willingness to bend. Meditation helps through this process as well because it shuts out the noise from the external world and allows you to hear messages from your higher self. The answers we seek lie within. We must go inward to find them. Think the hermit card here. That's why the tarot is such a helpful tool in this process. Finding tarot was key for me, because that was my lifeline during my dark night of the soul. It kept me tethered to something meaningful. There weren't many people I could talk to about this experience while it was occurring. But the cards helped to tether me to this plane of existence at a time when I felt disconnected and like I was spiraling out of control with no safety net. Simply put, the cards saved me. And starting this podcast to share my experiences helped tremendously. That's when I could start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, because I knew I had a new purpose, to chronicle my healing journey with the tarot and share it with all of you. Awakening isn't a fast process. It takes time to let our conditioning fall away so that we can reconstruct our perception of ourselves. So much of what we believe about ourselves comes from what others told us. Who to be how to act, and what to feel. This awakening helps us to understand that we won't find happiness or fulfillment living that facade anymore. True joy comes from being our authentic selves. And you will emerge from this experience as a version of yourself that is much closer to your true essence, your soul's essence. That's why you often see people come out of an awakening period and change their careers or leave relationships if they weren't happy in those situations. 
these type of awakenings inspire significant change. I love this quote by Keanu Reeves. A lot of people don't struggle with depression. They struggle with the reality we live in. If you're going through a dark night of the soul, you may be feeling deeply depressed and full of despair. You may be feeling lost with no hope of overcoming this dark and stagnant energy you find yourself stuck in. You may feel disconnected from yourself and from others and feel isolated or empty. If you're wondering if there's a way forward, there is hope. Research shows that connecting to your life purpose helps with these dark periods, often called existential depression. This type of depression often stems from questioning the meaning of life itself, your life purpose, and your place in the world. For many, this phase of questioning and changing worldviews proves to be an opportunity for significant growth. This transformation tends to be the most common amongst analytical thinkers who tend to overthink and overworry, those who ruminate about the world's problems, and type A personalities. This is the type of depression that I suffer from, and the only way I found out of it is to connect back with my life purpose. That's the thing that tethers me back to something stable. As a life path four, I do much better when I'm tapped into something that grounds me. And for me, that will always be what I'm on this planet to do. My purpose. It gives me meaning and direction. Finding meaning in our lives anchors us. It's vital for humans to make meaning out of our daily lives. Without it, we can drift far from the path that we're supposed to be on. This becomes so clear when we experience loss and try to search for meaning in our grief. Think back to the times in your life when you lost someone or something that you loved, including jobs, relationships, or loved ones. Did you go through a period of searching for a reason that it occurred? Did you try to make meaning out of the loss? That's human nature. Sadly, while these struggles can end in growth for some, it of course doesn't always end that way. Sometimes, the hopelessness and despair are too much to overcome. These trying times can bend us so much that we break, especially when we feel powerless and unable to solve the problems we face. In times like these, we will try to grasp for something to hold on to as an anchor point. But if a person is unable to hold on tightly enough, they can lose that fight. These awakenings can be so eye-opening that it can be impossible to go back to the life they had before. And for some people, that can end up being so jarring that they can't ever find their footing again. That's a bell that can't be unrung, as they say. Just know, it is completely natural to struggle through difficult times. Dabrowski, a Polish psychiatrist and psychologist, says that whether or not a person is able to pull themselves back together after the disintegration that occurs during an existential crisis 
is based on what he calls an inner force, largely inborn, that impels people to become more self-determined to control their behaviors by their inner beliefs and value system rather than by societal conventions or even their own biological needs. It is this inner determination and set of values that drives them to live consciously and deliberately, which is vital because that's what drives people toward introspection and self-development, and it allows them to reintegrate themselves at a higher functioning level than before the crisis. Failing to reintegrate at a higher level or just staying at the same level as before can have disastrous consequences like worsening depression, paralyzing fears, hopelessness, learned helplessness, psychosis, and even suicide. Dabrowski says that those who successfully reintegrate after the crisis do so by acceptance of the situation, leaning into the self-awareness and self-reflection process, and holding firm to their core values that transcend their immediate environment, circumstance, or culture. Their focus shifts to universal, humanistic, and altruistic values. This may even take the form of a new career path, because here they're able to align their goals and daily tasks with their new altruistic vision going forward. This offers them meaning, purpose, and hope for a better tomorrow. Those focusing on continual development and self-improvements fare the best in these extreme circumstances that trigger substantial transformation. Though, these people will still experience episodes of discomfort and distress as their self-awareness continues to grow. That's just a natural part of the process. People who understand the dark night of the soul process and what to expect as this unfolds seem to adapt more easily and don't run as high of a risk of spiraling out of control or contemplating suicide. So the fact that you're listening to this episode right now and learning about the steps and aspects of this existential experience means that you're already in a good position to find your way forward in a successful way. George Kelly, a constructivist psychologist whom my dissertation of constructivist assessments was based on, notes that humans do not enter a world that is inherently structured. We must give the world a structure that we ourselves create. Thus, we create psychological constructs, largely through language, to make sense out of our experiences of the world. It was through my extensive study of Kelly's work on construct theory that I truly understood that if we as humans were able to construct our own views, thoughts, and perceptions of self, world, and others, then we were also capable of deconstruction of unhealthy constructs and reconstruction of the core constructs in our complex construct systems. That has always been an empowering realization for me. See, we're masters of our own fate when we understand the power that we hold in the construction of the worlds that we live in. In essence, we can try on a pair of constructs and swap them out until we find the right fit. And reinvention or reconstruction can be a whole lot of fun if you lean into the adventure of it all. Experimentation is often how we stumble on the solution that we've been searching a lifetime for. As Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. 
One of the exercises that I love to use with clients that want significant change in their lives is a role-playing exercise where the client creates the ideal character or personality that they want to embody, and then they step into that role for two weeks in their everyday life. This technique, called fixed role therapy, is a constructivist technique devised by George Kelly that helps the client get a feel for what it would be like to walk in the world in a different frame of mind and energy without any risk, because they will step out of the role after two weeks. It's a trial run of sorts to see how different it feels to move in the world in a new manner. After the exercise is complete, the client is given a choice to incorporate any of the lessons that they learn from the role-playing exercise and adopt some of the traits from that role into their daily lives. Or, they can return to the way things were before the exercise. Many of the characteristics that clients often choose to experiment with are traits that they admire in others, but don't feel that they embody. Most clients end up adopting many of the characteristics of that role into their life after the exercise is over, because they often find it has been more comfortable and successful than they had imagined it would be. If you want to learn more about fixed role therapy, I co-authored a journal article on this technique that detailed a case study in real life. The journal article is titled, Fixed Role in a Fishbowl, Consultation-Based Fixed Role Therapy as a Pedagogical Technique. It was published in the Journal of Constructivist Psychology and details how to do this technique step-by-step if you want to give it a try. One of the things I changed during my spiritual awakening was my diet. I went vegan and supplemented any unhealthy substances with healthier alternatives. I've tried all kinds of coffee replacements over the years. And this year, I started replacing my coffee with Magic Mind, a two-ounce elixir that's easier on my stomach than coffee and doesn't leave me with the jitters. It keeps me alert and energized for the day, giving me about seven hours of productive work for all my creative projects, like writing and editing the books in my book series and writing and recording new podcast episodes, just like this one. This elixir gives me all the energy I need to keep juggling all these projects, thanks to natural ingredients like nootropics and adaptogens. If you'd like to try this elixir for yourself, go to magicmind.co slash htt. You can use my code at checkout. H-T-T, that's all caps. That discount gets you 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. A 40% off code only lasts 10 days, so hurry to catch that deal. They also have a money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. If you're looking for better focus or more productivity from a healthier alternative to coffee or energy drinks, Give Magic Mind a try. After a quick break, I'll give you some suggestions for navigating your way out of your own dark night of the soul, and I'll review the deep, dark, and dangerous oracle. I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads designed to guide you through the seasons of any year. 
It covers holidays, birthdays, full and new moons, Mercury retrogrades, seasonal spreads, year-end and year-ahead spreads, and eclipses with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse again and again year after year. This spread ebook is $10. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spreads, each with 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, body healing, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, family healing, self-care, and much, much more. These two volumes complement each other, but each can also stand alone. Volume 1 is $13, and Volume 2 is $14. You can find all of these spread ebooks on my website, HealingThroughTara.com, and I'm currently working on a new spread ebook that consists of 20 shadow work spreads coming out in the fall of 2022. This Healing Through Terror line of spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you would like to support this podcast monthly, please consider signing up for a small pledge to help me be able to continue to produce these quality episodes every two weeks. There's a listener support link at the bottom of the show notes for each episode. You can also find that link on the Anchor site for my podcast, and it's also provided in my companion blogs for each podcast episode on my website, healingthroughterra.com. Any pledge is appreciated. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're going through a dark night of the soul, here are some suggestions to help you navigate your way through this dark period that will hopefully help you get to the other side where there's light at the end of the tunnel. Connect to your life purpose. We feel alone, stuck, empty, and out of alignment when we're cut off from our purpose. Those who live purpose-driven lives and understand how their actions impact those around them seem to adapt the best to major changes in life. This is why the movie It's a Wonderful Life resonates with so many. Going through our daily motions, many of us don't realize the reach our actions will have on the lives of those around us. But each of us carries the potential to impact those we interact with, those we inspire, and those we teach for years and generations to come. Once we catch a glimpse of this potential, our lives take on greater meaning for us. This keeps many of us getting up each day 
so that we can build a better world for those around us. What saves me every time that I experience one of these dark periods in life is reconnecting with my purpose and why that's important. To reconnect with your purpose, examine what you stand for. Some ways to figure this out for yourself is to explore your core values. What motto do you live by? What quote sums up your philosophy of life? What would your TED Talk be on if you only had 10 minutes to impart some of your hard-earned wisdom to those around the world? What is your mission statement? If you don't have one, spend some time writing one that declares your core values, your aspirations, how you want to make a difference, and the reason you find this work meaningful. Dare to do some soul-searching here to truly get to know yourself. Find ways to live a more mindful life where you stay in the present moment. Focusing too much on the past can keep you rooted in your trauma and stuck. Focusing too much on the future can spike anxiety levels as well as depression and hopelessness. All we have is the present moment. None of us are promised more than that. Draw, write, or capture in any artistic way, the essence of this darkness and despair you feel. This type of expression is very cathartic. That's why I wrote my book series, The Divining Sisters, to chronicle my spiritual awakening and the discovery of the intuitive gifts that I was lucky enough to find in the darkness that eventually led me to the light. If I could draw what the dark night of the soul felt like for me, I'd sketch a woman at the bottom of a dark pit, enveloped by darkness in the fetal position. Through this process, I was stripped bare, with nothing but my inner sage to guide me. Luckily, she arose from that darkness and nudged me to pick up the tarot. That was my way out. Through this artistic exercise, see if you can get a sense of what the hidden lesson or message is for you. Our pain and wounds are often our greatest teachers in life. What would this pain say to you if you put words or images to this painful experience? For me, it's so empowering and healing to go back and read what it was like in that moment. It's an experience I never want to forget. And luckily, my book series chronicled so much of my own personal experience that rereading it gives me strength. I'm proud of coming out on the other side of that pain because now I can teach others how they can find their own way out of the darkness. Try an automatic writing exercise to explore this darkness more fully. Prompts you can use for this type of exercise could be Through the darkness I feel and fill in the blank. This darkness is teaching me My anchor in this unsettling time is What's cluttering my way? What's distracting me from my path? And what's casting a shadow of darkness over my light? Once you have those answers, work on removing those distractions and obstacles to reveal your light once again. 
I recently found a quote online, but I don't know who the author is to give credit. But I'd still like to share it with you because it sums up what we can learn about ourselves by tuning into our emotions in times like these. Your anger is telling you where you feel powerless. Your anxiety is telling you that something in your life is off balance. Your fear is telling you what you care about. And your apathy is telling you where you're overextended and burnt out. Your feelings aren't random. They're messengers. And lastly, try a pathworking exercise with the chariot card from the tarot. During the visualization, see yourself moving forward out of this darkness. Where does the chariot take you? Which direction is the chariot going? What's the destination? Or use the judgment card, because the judgment card to me always represents a call to a higher purpose or my soul's call. When you step into the judgment card, what does your soul say to you? What's calling you? Where are you feeling called to make a change? Is it a change in career, a relationship, or a new cause to devote yourself to? Hopefully some of these suggestions will help guide you forward on your path through your own dark night of the soul. It's never an easy phase to be in, but there is hope. Just know, one day, the light will break through the darkness, and you will find a new path forward. And maybe one day, you'll look back on this whole experience and be proud of just how far you've come. Rockpole Publishing sent over the deep, dark, and dangerous oracle created by Stacy DeMarco and illustrated by Kinga Britsky. If you're not a fan of Love and Light Oracle decks, then this is the perfect deck for you because it has three deliciously dark categories for the cards, which consist of deep, dark, and dangerous, and each of the categories are clearly marked on each card. For the deep category, Stacy defines deep as entities of either the deep sea, the deep unconscious, or deep environments. Examples in the deep category are the Kraken, Hades, Cerebus, or Hydra. The dark category consists of subjects whose realm is a dark place or the night itself, such as Hecate, Circe, the Morgan, and Cali. And dangerous is reserved for entities that are often out to get us, who are frightening and often deadly if we aren't careful. Examples would be Banshee, Medusa, or Harpy to name a few. In the guidebook, Stacy says, There is great beauty and power in darkness. What if, by stepping into the realm of monsters and things that go bump in the night, What seems twisted and dangerous is actually a torch leading us out of the darkness into divine wholeness. Personally, I love this way of looking at shadow work. That's where the most healing can happen if we're able to wade through the deep and face our own darkness within. This 44-card deck is full of dark and delicious energies, dark goddesses and gods, 
and what she calls dangerous heroes and shadows, and creatures like werewolves, mermaids, and vampires. The cardbacks have a striking red and black aesthetic featuring a snake with shiny red gilded edges. The cards provide us with one keyword on the front that relates to the significance of the card image. These cards are great for shadow work. And Stacy even used one of my favorite Carl Jung quotes to introduce the guidebook. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making darkness conscious. This deck helps us to explore that which is still mysterious and unknown to us. By diving into the shadow, we are urged to learn from our shadow and observe what goes on in the darkness, because it's when we ignore it or deny it that we risk those aspects of ourselves gaining more power and influence over our lives. This deck dares us to befriend our shadows and find beauty in their power, if we're bold enough to face them in the darkness. There's much to be learned from observing and communing with these shadowy aspects of ourselves that we've been too fearful of acknowledging. We talked in the last episode about embracing our shadow and about the untouched potential that exists within our shadow. And this deck offers us a way to access those shadowy aspects of ourselves so that we can work together to reach our full potential. That's what makes this a powerful tool for shadow work, which often comes up for us during our dark night of the soul. Each card in this deck has a keyword, a message, and a duality message, which could be a warning or could offer paradoxical themes. This duality could be seen as light and shadow. She also pairs a plant companion with each card that could offer the essence of the message that you might want to use in your healing work or spells. For instance, Poppy goes with Hypnos for rest. And she provides us with crystal companions for each card as well, for healing, cleansing, or spell work. For example, Black Tourmaline goes with Hades for dealing with the underworld. As you can see, you'll learn a lot about mythology, the shadow world, and working with dark, denser energies with this deck. You could use this tool for shadow work, or you could pair this deck with the Queen of the Moon Oracle, also by Stacey DeMarco, to use the moon phases or lunar energy with your shadow work or healing work. I've got images of this deck in my blog post for this episode on my website, healingthroughterror.com, if you want to check out the aesthetic. Thanks to Rockpool Publishing for sending over this deck for me to use in my own shadow work journey and to share with you today. It's perfect when you're experiencing your dark night of the soul as well, because it's a way to learn how to heal while you're still in the darkness. And it can help you conquer your fears of bumping into your shadow while going through this intense period of your awakening. There's so much we can learn from our shadow selves. In fact, if we put in the work, we can take our healing to a whole new level if we're able to embrace our shadow and work toward integration. Other decks I'd suggest for dark periods are Oracle of the Shadow and Light, the Sacred Rebel Oracle, and the Wild Unknown Archetypes. I found each deeply comforting in dark times. 
I will now share with you the nine-card custom spread I created called Navigating the Dark Night of the Soul. Here are those prompts. Where am I disconnected in my life? Aspect of myself I've lost touch with. How can I call that part of me home? Larger perspective to tap into for clarity. Lifeline to anchor me during uncertain times. Contribution I still have to give to the world. What's my purpose in this life phase? Meaning this purpose could bring to my life. And the last prompt. How can I feel whole and complete again? If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find this spread on my blog on my website, HealingThroughTarot.com. And I've posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Tarot accounts on Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram. I would love to see a photo of your spreads. Please tag me on Instagram at HealingThroughTarot and please use the hashtag HTT Navigating the Dark Night of the Soul Spread. I also have a How to Hold On Spread in my spread ebook called Healing and Mental Health Spreads Volume 2 if you need another great spread for support during difficult times. Links for that spread ebook and all the decks discussed in this episode are in the show notes and on my blog. In the next episode, I'll discuss healing with the Wild Woman archetype and I'll review the Wild Woman Oracle by Rockpool Publishing. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on HealingThroughTarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.